And we are back here once again with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode 326, with uh, Mr. Nick Garber. It's going to be his uh, second appearance once again. We were going to do a Valentine's Day show, but everyone was super busy, and we already planned on doing this on Friday. So I was like, you know what? Might as well just do it a day earlier. Didn't they always say that? What's the saying? Better yeah. late than never, or better to be early than than to be, you know, late. pregnant, actually, something like that, you know, whatever the sayings are these days. But yes, if you guys are watching and listening to this episode on the podcasting platforms, whenever this episode goes up, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, I don't care about Valentine's Day, but, you know, it's always, I don't know, when a holiday that does come around, I do kind of like to, oh, might as well just say happy to it, because there are people out there that don't, that do celebrate, so I don't want to kind of rain on their parade, but Valentine's Day is quite literally the most overrated holiday probably of the year, honestly. I agree. I agree. Um, we don't really celebrate, you know, me and my wife. We, because uh, we do romantic shit for each other throughout the year. Yeah. So, like, it's just another day. And we, our past relationships and marriages, mm-hmm. we just did not have good experiences with Valentine's Day. So, <laughs> I'm like, ah, we're just going to, we'll recognize it. We'll say happy Valentine's Day, but that's about it. Oh my god. Fuck. Sorry about that, guys. So, sorry about that. I was trying to fix something really quickly here. Uh okay. So, yeah, like it's one of those things where oh, I don't know. I don't like branding on people's parade when it comes to holidays, but they always ask me, do I celebrate holidays? And I'm like, no, I don't really celebrate holidays that much. I don't Halloween. Really celebrate. I think Halloween's the only Halloween, day I really Christmas. celebrate. Like Halloween, because Halloween's fun. You get to dress up. That's cool. It's awesome. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, that's one of the fewest holidays I celebrate. People are like, but it's based on like that devil and all. So it's like, I, I, I don't celebrate any of that shit. I just like it because there's a day where I, I, I could just literally dress up like fucking Superman and walk around in a Superman suit and people will call me weird. That's it. You know? Yeah. So in day of the year, you could just if dress the, up. If I do it the day before or the day after, I'm, I'm the weird guy dressed up in, as Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> so last time you were on, we talked about, um, you know, how you got in comics, indie comics, your own comic book company. You had issues with a few other people's. It was going to be something like Image Comics, but you're like, you know what? Writing's on the wall here. You guys aren't really going to be in it for the long haul. And you ended up doing something else. You, you know, also having that one-shot book that I bought, but you were going to do another one with that guy, but you saw the writing on the wall with that guy, and you're like, okay, not doing this again, so I'm getting out of that. And right. now, you, and you also moved because you said you were going to move from last episode to this one. Yep. And you actually did move. Yeah. And as people can see, you have all your stuff in the background. And um, I told people, even when I moved, I only moved just um just last year myself. I moved like around um the end of July. I think I, I fully moved in. And I told people this before. I didn't really put stuff away like that. I only just moved it out of the way because it was it just look look cluttered shit back here. But like moving yeah. is boring. Like, like dude. what I got going on. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I just move it out of the way because you know people will like you'll be doing like the like these podcasts and stuff and people will be like oh my god your background is so dirty and it's like bro it's a fucking box in the floor like shut up and so <laughs> people are so cringe man I, like moved and i was like bro i am so tired because that day I, I worked eight hours came home moved the whole body on the bed just flaked out i was like dead and it's completely out. Luckily, the, the next day of my days off. Yeah. So when I came home and unpacked, and right. it wasn't really that bad. But good Lord, gosh. And now you live in the mountains. So you're like away from people, away from society. 
so to speak. Oh, I have my morning coffee out in the back um, <laughs> with a little bit of a little bit of bourbon in it, and I can I'm hearing <laughs> the the neighbor's sheep and goats. Mm-hmm. You know, and sounds of nature's eagles flying overhead and whatnot. It's just been awesome. Well, how's how's that gonna work for like your comic book company? Like you would have to like, basically drive into town to do shipments. Would it would, would would you not? Like how would that work now? Since you live in the mountains, isn't that like kind of out of the way no, for everything? I'm only I'm only thirty minutes from where I was. Oh okay, so that's it. not bad. Okay, good. Yeah, so okay. plus there's a there's a post office in town. Um I'm going to probably have to get there by horse. I'm just kidding. Uh, I would love to. That'd be awesome, actually. Just ride into town on a horse throughout these mountains. But my luck, I get bucked off again. Like, because that happened to me. God, like 2016. I got, I was at my dad's ranch out in Texas and I got, <laughs> it was a new horse. Uh, didn't really like having a saddle on him. Spooked oh. easy. And, uh, Hell, I, I, I get on the horse, and one of the other horses bumped up against it, which spooked him. I mean, I didn't even have my other foot into the stirrup, and it just starts bucking. Really? Just Holy bucking crap. and went into mm-hmm. a circle. And I'm, like, trying to get my foot in the stirrup. Because if I get that, I can get control of the, get control of the horse. I was trying to jerk on the reins and, and all that because mm-hmm. I, I was raised around horses. Um, couldn't do it. Had to bail out. <laughs> so I ended up bailing. I landed on my hip landed on a rock. I landed like my hip oh. broke my fall. I thought I was I thought I was paralyzed afterwards because like really? I felt like this electrical surge up my spine. And I'm like, oh, this is it. This is how I go out. <laughs> you know, this is this is what's gonna finally cripple me, you know, after years of jumping mm-hmm. out of airplanes and kicking indoors in foreign countries. This is how I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get bucked by a fucking horse. You know, and for good measure, as I was being thrown, the horse decides to kick me in the, the lower back. Like my back looked like it was bad. It was like black mm-hmm. and blue. Started getting some of that green color, that yellow color. Mm-hmm. Like it was bad. Good. So, I've been on a horse since. So fuck them horses. <laughs> yeah, I. They had us try to get on one at school one day. On you know, you have those like career days at school. It was back when I was like in high school, and I, I just couldn't do it. I just. I was like, nope, I'm not doing this. That horse didn't look like it was going to do anything, but I've just now, wild animals, you know. I, I know in my case, well, it, it would not be good. It made me feel like uh, B.A. Baracus from the A-Team movie, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, damn, Airborne Ranger, afraid of flying. Well, now it's like, man, I was raised to be a cowboy that mm-hmm. listens to Metallica. But, uh, yeah. you know, now I don't even want to get on it. Can't even get on a freaking horse right now. I mean, I I love horses. I'll I'll take care of them. I'll put them in the round pin, work them, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like getting on them terrifies the shit because I got fucked and it hurt so bad and it took so mm-hmm. long for me to recover. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. Last time uh, we were going to talk about Star Wars actually because you said you like Star Wars a lot and I I love at- Star Wars. Yeah. And looking at how Star Wars was then versus now, you know, maybe Disney is aware of what's going on because they're gonna they're probably gonna do a like a what if Star Wars series, and everyone's just oh, meeting them saying, "What if Disney didn't buy Star Wars?" That's that's too on the nose. Stop, 
please, Disney, don't do that show. What if it's, Disney, it's what if Star Wars? Oh my God. Literally, I promise you, Disney, every single comment everywhere on any social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, anywhere, is just going to be, what if you didn't buy Star Wars? Because people, people hate what you created that much. There's going to be people, obviously, that'll be like, oh my yeah. God, I love it so much. Even though, to be honest with you, they probably never even watched it to begin with, you know? That's that's the weirdest thing because like I'll, I'll tie this in later, but it's something with, with with like comic books. A lot of people will get mad at someone's comic book opinion, but they you'll find out they've never even read what you've read. They're just mad because you're just saying it in a certain way. It's like you're just a fucking pussy. What are, I swear, dude, comic industry people are just full of bitches, and you have the fans who are like, oh, I didn't like how he spoke about this book. Now I hate him. It's like. Do you understand how where I'm coming from? Have you actually did you purchased the product? Like, no. They, they, what are you mad at me for? They're like, I, I don't like how you spoke yeah. about Marvel and DC. Go outside. Go outside. Like, touch grass. Like, stop, stop, stop being a bitch. <laughs> what people? I'll be honest. A lot of the fans are just like retarded. Motherfuckers are mad at other people speaking about books that they've never even bought. I can't. Believe, I legit have to say that. That sounds stupid, right? People most logically sound in the brain would go, that's stupid, right? Someone's mad at you for giving an opinion on a product you bought that they didn't spend money on, but because you spoke about it in a certain way, now the now you're their sworn enemy. It's like fucking hell. Dude. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like, um you know, I, I've I purchased um Isom, you know, and people are like, Oh man, it's a grift, you know, Eric July is like grifting you, and I'm like, I don't care. Now I've got I haven't got a chance to read it. I flipped through it. The artwork's great, um, in my opinion. But like I haven't read it yet. So yeah, I like think that, that, that internet term. Yeah, that in, that internet term. People keep using the word like grifter. Half the people saying it are not even using it in the context in which it's like the definition. The definition the definition of a grifter is like like swindling, right? Someone's swindling you, yeah. scamming you, essentially. Uh, I don't know. This might be the I biggest. I, I paid my money. I got my book. I mean, it was a legitimate business transaction. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I got Yo. my product. He sold mm -hmm. the product. Money exchanged hands. I got the product. It's sitting here. Mm -hmm. Fucking somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in this place. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't grift it. it. It's not a grift. It's not a scam. Grift is also synonymous with like scams, scam artists, con artists, mm -hmm. you know? Right. You might not like the guy because of how he did things. I mean, he built a an internet presence with him talking about comic books, and you know, decided, hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make what I want to make. What I I'm okay. I'm gonna fix some of the things that I see wrong in the industry. You know, love him or hate him, like the guys the guys legit. Yeah, you know? I can always respect and that. I think like, it's. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of these teams like. It, it, they're dumb. Because, oh, like, on a certain level, a lot of these people are just stupid. Like, I, I really got to think to myself, a lot of these people are just legit dumb. Because half the stuff they're saying makes no sense. Then there was one earlier today. So, you know, you know, John's Longbox, I had an older guy from Long Island I had on before. He had Eric on his show yeah. today. Someone super chatted one of the dumbest things I think I've read in my life. I need to stop reading people's stuff. Because you know, what I'll do, because I'm just, I'm, I'm just an insanely built-up crackhead. 
when I see a thread, I read everything, even the retarded people's responses. Right. Maybe, maybe that's my problem. So this guy that I used to know said one of the dumbest things I think I've ever fucking read. It's that it's that argument people use when they're talking out of both sides of their mouth because they don't like what was said, even though they know it's true, but they just have to disagree because it's them. It's yeah. the, the person said, you guys are just cherry-picking manga examples. There's plenty of manga that don't do well, that don't outsell Marvel and DC stuff. And he also made, made this comparison. Like that's like saying the average indie is going to, is outselling Spider-Man. It's like, it's like nothing you said makes any sense. Any logical thinking person knows that in any creative competitive business ever, there's going to be businesses that don't work out. Okay. So yes, manga is literally, it is factually, you could look it up from numbers that manga is outselling. Okay. This is not something that we're just making up here out of thin air because we, oh, we just want to piss on Marvel and DC. It's literally just, uh, I, don't, I don't know how much people like CBR, but they did put out an article where they did source it and I did look through it. The the manga industry accounted for like $1.47 billion worth of revenue. If you're lumping that in with comics, American comics people what was $427 million. That's a fat yeah. difference right it's there. Okay. Now that's not counting Scholastic that does good in America here, which is the guy who created Captain Underpants who sells Dogman books to kids, right? So yeah. yes, there are manga out there that, that don't do nearly as well as <laughs> Yeah, like there is manga out there that does not sell as good as like My Hero Academia, Dragon Ball Z, Gundam, all those shonen ones, right? But that doesn't defeat the purpose of what we just brought up, which is manga that they're mangas, right? They they they're doing better. Like people are threatening, even if you want to discount manga, Dog Man, a guy who ha had something happen to him in the story was kid animated a little bit, lost his head to a certain extent, has a dog head and a human body. Remember, Dog Man outsells Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, X-Men. Okay, those those four characters right there are probably so popular. Every you talk to random hood people on the street in a black neighborhood, they know who those characters are. Remember, those are so yeah, popular characters, they've like transcended time, right? The fact that Dog Man yeah. now outsells them, and people know this is bad because this is what people know. They they people could get into comic books. It's hard because you know, continuity. All that stuff, right, dude? The problem that people right. don't understand is they know that. They're just choosing not to do it because they just don't want to get into it because it's – first of all, it's really hard to get in. Second of all, why would you want to have your kid read about a Spider-Man that's not a Spider-Man? Peter Parker, in the main universe, Marvel timeline still isn't shit. Like, your, your kid – like, your, your, I don't know if you have kids, dude. But if your kid's like, hey, dad, you I know, do. I want to get a book and you give him like 20 bucks. You know, you tell your kid, hey – you could get this six dollar floppy, or you save, save, you spend a little bit more money, five dollars more. You get this manga book with ten chapters, hundred and eighty pages. They're probably thinking like, okay, cool. Like, oh, you know, kids don't know any better. But that's the thing is, people are in the know a lot more now than what they were back then. They're just simply choosing not to expose their kids to these characters. A lot of the adults know these ain't the characters from the movies that you even like. These aren't even the characters you even I, grew up with. This is bastardized versions of them. Well, like with my daughters, I expose them to everything I was interested in, all my geek stuff. So mm -hmm. comic books, Star Wars, um, you know, um, one of my proudest dad moments was my oldest daughter was talking out of pocket about, uh, mm -hmm. what was she talking about? She said something about like Wolverine and then it was like, yeah, Wolverine, isn't he on the Avengers? And my youngest daughter pops off like quick, like 
he's an X-Men, you stupid, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, she, she's learning, you know, but they're huh. older now, you know, because they grow so fast. And no, I, I had something like similar when I was younger, too. Adults when, I thought Wolverine was X-Men. I thought that was his name. I was such a naive little kid. They're like, no, that's Wolverine. I'm like, no, his name is X-Men. It's like, you know, look, look, I, I understand the kid. I fully get where she was coming from. Kid logic. I was confused kid too. Logic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she was like, she was like 11 or 12. So she knew mm-hmm. better by then because like, um, I, I set up a drawing table for her. Mm-hmm. So when I was drawing, she'd go in there and draw and stuff like that. I and mean, I guess she lost interest, but you know, like kids do when they start getting older, they start losing interest in things. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was definitely a proud dad moment, you know, because my youngest one was just, she's smart, she's witty, but she's a savage. So, but she has no, um, um, lost my word there for a second. Um, she has no problem hurting feelings you know so it reminds me a lot yeah of me, so but and, but when she uses that on me then i'm like god damn it like i can't be mad because mm-hmm. i raised her that way I like like, like dude even today like even today when i went and did my madam web video because i had to get it out today because it's valentine's day and it, and it drops early what some of these media websites tried to do was they tried to couple the Into the Spider-Verse movies that have been financially very successful for Sony mixed with the yes. Sony Spider-Man universe movies. And so people are going to be like, what do you mean by that? It's the same thing that people do when they're talking about comic books. They put in manga and scholastic numbers to make it look like it's way better for the other companies that aren't selling very well. Now, this is the thing. Most people should know this in the indie comic space is your character is not going to be outselling no Spider-Man. And actually, if we're being honest here, it probably should never oh. do that because Spider-Man is... Like, if that ever comes to a thing, you know those companies are fucking dead. If a random buttfuck nobody character that no one's heard of is outselling Superman, I want the industry to completely burn to the ground and we all just pack our bags and we go home. That's bad. That is legitimately awful. You know? Right. Like, I think saw, the last I indie book that mm-hmm. outsold um, anything from Marvel or DC was when the first couple of uh, titles from Image in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Does, does, doesn't mean, like Jim Lee has like, have, like the highest selling um comic book of all time? I think. I think. So he X-Men does book. with uh, Wildcats. Well, well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. X Men number one, um, which that was my holy grail. When I first bought that, I got the I got all all the covers, and then I got the one that had the extended cover with all the covers mm-hmm. on it. Um, <laughs> so when I had that, and it's been in my collect, it was in my collection for years. Mm-hmm. And Michael was like, I want to get the entire team to sign this. Mm-hmm. And it finally happened in 20, 2018. I had to hit like three different cons, made friends right. with Chris Claremont. Oh, um, he's still he was like he's dead. It's crazy. A lot of these like older comic book oh, pros no. that I, I yeah. A lot of these older comic book pros that I remember hearing names about. Now I told you I, I had to watch videos and read articles about all, all these stories still along with these characters. Kind of find out I thought live guys are dead no they're, they're still alive kicking they did you know marble marble Mar- Mar- those people they don't allow them to ride right on the books i have no clue why it's not like these guys are dead it's not like you know they're fucking croaking it's not like they have like their hands fell off or some <laughs> shit they just yeah. specifically for some reason don't want these more talented people to write them good stories and good characters and sell their products and make millions but that's the thing though you know what i've uh, learned dude is a lot of these guys don't want to do that for again. them Excellent. 
dude, what I've realized yeah. throughout most of this stuff is a lot of people don't want to do that because it's not that they don't want to do it. It's more like, I don't want to go back to a character that made me popular. The people at Marvel and DC do not see what you did as valuable. They're like, oh, I mean, we did give you kind of the resources. We did kind of print the book. We did kind of do the back end of the production. It is kind of our character too. It's like, ain't no creator want to hear that. that. Yeah, that is an unspoken rule that is yours. But you just don't be telling people that. That is like going up to a fucking quarterback going, hey, I know our team is like 0 and 18 and you're fucking dog shit. You better fucking pick this shit up. That's different from obviously doing what, what I just said there. All right. You just don't do that. So a lot of these guys are like, you know what? We saw recently Jeff Johns, all these creators that, you know, were having a bad time at the main two going to image now, going back to Dark Horse, even though it, it would be a downgrade in theory back in the day to go to image or go to Dark Horse or whatever. But now it's like, if you're going to, why create for them? They take everything from you. They don't even fucking give, if they make a movie about it, they don't even give you credit. Do I talk to Mike S. Uh, Miller, the guy, you know, you did Injustice, right? Injustice are for the books. Yeah. They made that Injustice animated movie. He even told me, I didn't know, notice it when I watched that movie a while ago, they didn't even credit him. Like, what the fuck? Jesus. Yeah, it's stupid. Why Why create for these people? They don't even fucking respect you as a person. Well, that's why you're seeing a lot of these uh, big names start doing, they're, they're going independent. They're, they're releasing their own mm -hmm. um, IPs. Um, because they're not being treated right, you know, under Marvel or DC, mm -hmm. because they're trying to push a, a, a particular message. And if you don't fall in line with that lockstep and file, you know, you're not going to work. But they have enough name recognition where they can go on the indie scene and make millions of dollars. You know, mm -hmm. uh, EVS has been doing that, you know, with Cyberfrog. Um, Eric July did it, you know. His first issue made him $3 million. Yeah. So I don't have that type of internet oh, rep yeah. where I can do that. I have a very, <laughs> I got a very, yeah, yet. I got a very small, loyal fan base, which I love. So if you guys are watching right now, I love you guys. You guys have been amazing. Um, and you've been super patient <laughs> because it seems like every time I'm hustling and bustling and getting issues out, um, Something happens. I got transferred. I have a stroke. You know, whatever. So I, I love my fan base, but the small, loyal. That's what I wanted to ask you too. Because well, uh, I don't think I asked you this last time. Because I, 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 remember, I thought to myself, I got to make sure I asked this before. You know how eventually you? I don't know if you have, if you ever had like Kickstarters or, or any Go campaigns or whatever. But when you do have your book ready yeah, to go few. at the printer, how much different of an experience is it at the printer compared to like getting a product ready? Because at the printer, a lot of people don't. They're gonna. This is what I've learned. People, they say things to people and they just go, "Huh?" They they <laughs> Are you talking about know how the, even the made. side of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it, it was a trip, man. Like I learned a lot in. Uh, I think it was 2011 is when I first started. Mm -hmm. um, making comic books, um, professionally. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a learning curve. Um, I have a background, my, my degree is in graphic art design. So I know Photoshop, I know Adobe products, you know, in design, things like that. I know how to set up stuff, you know, for pre-press. So that wasn't too much of a learning curve for me. Um, but anybody else that doesn't have that type of background is probably going to have some 
frustrated days and nights pulling their damn hair out. Um, I, I thought it was a great experience, you know. Um, the problem was, especially in 2011, was like finding who prints books, who actually specializes in the comic book format, you know, that size. Um, but, you know, about an hour on Google, I found I found many places that were doing this. Uh, Indie, mm. Plan- <clears throat> Indie Planet's one of them. Indie Planet's very Those good. The yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Those they printed out my first run of Phantom Hawk, and mm-hmm. uh, eventually, um, I used them quite a few times. Um, and then there was other companies that were coming out, and they were kind of undercutting on the prices, so it was cheaper for me. So as a businessman, that makes sense for me. Um, mm-hmm. Like this guy's ch- charging me two dollars and eighty six cents a copy, and this guy mm-hmm. and the other guy's charging me, you know, like say it's under two bucks if I order enough, you know, print Ninja mm-hmm. was another one that I used. Um, and I used them for, uh, the Bengali campaign. And the only problem with print Ninja is that it took like, uh, I want to say it was like four or five months for, cause it's, it's in China. So I had to go through their customs and then it got, had to get shipped and then I had to go through our customs. So it was like four or five months until I got those books, you know, and then I had had um, distributed them, you know, to the backers. So, no, it's it's not a hard process, especially now. There's so many companies out there that are printing. Comics Wellspring is one that I use. Um, you still use Kablam, aka Andy Planet. Um, there was um, a company in Sacramento that I use called RA, and. Uh, they were pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the quality was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I just, but the shipping was because they're they're small, so right. You know, it costs you a little bit extra for shipping. But um, right now, I've been using Comics Wellspring or Gecko Printing. Um, so I want to ask. So I'll ask this as a follow up, which is like, how much is it? Well, because you know, people like raise a lot of money to get the print run done. Is it in a ballpark mm-hmm. of like almost a thousand dollars to get a lot of these like books made, roughly, or is it like a bit lower it, than that? It, to to actually to print it out or making it is a lot more expensive, you know, because you got to pay for talent. Um, oh god, yeah, is, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, fair, fair, yeah, your average comic book is going to run you twenty two grand. <laughs> you know. Oh God! <laughs> Might as well start getting to the I mean, like, uh, novel format then. I'll start writing. I'll start drafting yeah. novels, <laughs> right? Uh, and I've started doing that too. I've been start um, kind of dipping my toe in uh, military sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So I got a couple of books out um, and our stories out in books that are on Amazon right now. So now I'm a, I'm an official, you know, anointed uh, Amazon author. Yeah, you know. But, but what I, I'd rather be drawing comic books. I'd rather be drawing stories than, than writing them. And I do write. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just, I try to keep the fun in my storytelling, like when I was a kid, you know. So like, like Claremont, you know, mm-hmm. Claremont's run on the X Men. I those those were super fun, you know. Uh, Scott Snyder, that's another guy that made comics kind of fun again with his run on Batman, and uh, gave us the Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories, you know, besides uh, 
Nightfall, um, which is Chuck Dixon, another friend of mine. You know, love reading Chuck mm-hmm. Dixon stuff. Chuck Dixon, Punisher. Chuck Dixon, Batman. Uh, I mean, just those are great stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, creating a comic book is expensive. And the way we do it in the indie scene is we're all doing favors for one another. You know, it's like, hey, man, if you write this book, you know, maybe give me the, you know, the the friend discount, the friends and family discount, because I do that for <laughs> other indie creators. So oh, I, yeah. Like, I, have, I have you actually afford, gotten hired? You know, have you actually gotten hired to do a sequential art on yeah. other other projects? Oh, okay. But it, it will be definitely way lower I, I've than done, like, own. short shorts. Well, it would definitely be like whatever rate you're charging it would, as you said before, you're doing someone mostly a favor. So, like, who doesn't know? This isn't, I'm just gonna throw a number out there. I don't think this is way, way you charge, but like, let, let's say your average to do a sequential art five pages is like $800 for all of them, right? Well, a friend discount, you're probably doing it for like maybe $650, you know? You know? That's how well, people and get and by from the I, scene for the most part. I'll, cause I don't do it for the money, obviously. Um, I oh yeah, because they were doing it for money. That, that I need to get paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it it takes me d- depending on the complexity of the page, it could take me anywhere from four to twelve hours to do. Now, yeah, me mm-hmm. uh, working with digital, um, it it cuts that time down quite a bit because I don't have to do pencils. I can just go straight to inks. I can just do like an outline mm. of it, and then boom, go. Um, Carlos. Carlo Barbary's doing that now with Spawn. Um, I've been watching a lot of his videos. He just, you know, he's right there doing the digital thing and he does his blue line, mm-hmm. blue line uh, layouts, and then he goes right to inks. And they're amazing. I'm, I'm trying to get back to that. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so the main. I told you before, remember last time? I bought my very first image floppy comic. I was bought, bought this. So going to be reading and reviewing Ghost this Machine, how very is soon. Got to read it. This just came in today. So oh, got to nice. read it and see if it's going to be good. Comics, so, man. Yeah, yeah. That's Ghost the thing. Machine, it's, you know, okay. like I have, I, I have my um, pull list on like League of Comics Geek where I, I'm, I'll i get things that I'm interested in. I'll, I'll, I'll keep them going for a little bit because like. Unless I'm not interested, and I'll, I'll I'll go down to the other title and see like what is Antarctic Press pulling out, what is like Image putting out. You know, I always like like you know now I'm at the point in my life where I need, I need a little, little bit more spice in my comic book life. You know, sometimes right. random character I I know nothing about. There's this other pocket universe called Radiant Black from I think Kyle Higgins. I, I want to get in. I just bought my very first Power Rangers deluxe edition hardcover, but I've been a Power Rangers fan for like my entire life, but never got to the Power of comic books actually. Yeah. And, Oh God! When I learned the history of it, oh my God! I, my brain just like I, I'm telling people, someone like me who's been in this for a long time. I tried looking up like Blade stuff because I was like, I don't actually own any Blade anything because these are big characters. I've been pretty cool in my mind, but Blade is who? Good Lord, people! Blade it doesn't even have its own stuff when he first appears. He first appears in like Dracula books or some shit. Like he's had like trade paperback graphic novel stories throughout the years but those cost quite a bit of money actually because there's not many of them he's he's not a character that has a lot of his own stuff really you know when people think right he, they think wesley snipes actually which is right fucking crazy you know like no one really cares yeah, about I late get, comic I books <laughs> no they don't because he's always been kind of like an, an accent character kind of like uh black panther used to be Mm-hmm. Um, like you show up in Fantastic Four, show up in the Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he had a couple of cool um, 
solo titles going on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Blade, it's like he always kind of he showed up in like Midnight Suns under the Marvel Knights, yeah, thing, which was cool. He's more of like the guy that is featured with other people's stuff for the most part. Because um, right. when I bought Blade number one from it came out last year. What's so crazy is I oh my goodness, this is how my luck is. The trade paperback literally drops this month. And I was like, you know what? Well, to be fair, I can reissue number one. And if I don't like it that much, I can just not continue it. I did it for Daredevil too. I was like, I don't own that yeah. much Daredevil stuff. For Daredevil, I, I own like Man Without Fear, I think. I don't own Born Again. I, I need to buy Born That's Again. It's in my Amazon card. Um, Today, those, I think those I got are a pretty good... awesome. Do, awesome. What do you think about? Stories. Okay, so this. Man so, Without uh, Fear. So um, there, there's a YouTube channel that I subscribe to called Near, Near Man Condition. He had an omnibus of Daredevil by Mark Wade. Did you like Daredevil's by 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 Mark Wade? You know, Mark Wade's a fucking lunatic retard. That's a different story. Did you he like is, his but Daredevil? He wrote a good story. Run, he wrote a good dare- he, I what did. is with that I guy, like man? It. What is with what is with that weirdo? He's like, oh, comic books. I'm gonna just be talented and write good stories that people are willing to buy. You know? Oh yeah, you should vote for Joe Biden and you should take the fucking vaccine. Hello? Who are you? You fucking weirdo. There's certain creators out there. um, I don't get it, man. Very difficult to separate the art from the artist. You know what I mean? It's it's Uh, tough because they're just, they're on Twitter, which I think Twitter is cancer. I, I, I check it every once in a while. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause it's just people yelling into the void, you know? So, right. And every time I log like on there, it's yeah. like the algorithm doesn't understand that I have mm. a certain set of politics and you keep sending me the opposite of that, which is going to do nothing but piss me off. So mm. I don't want to do like, that. But uh, Mark Wade, that, that was the run where he, uh, Murdoch moved to San Francisco, I think. Oh, great. Probably doesn't want to do that now. All right. <laughs> he, he, he did. Um, it was cool stuff. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, it had some really good, good storytelling points in there, um, and I liked how mm-hmm. it uh, just kind of enriched the uh, the mythology of Daredevil. Um, but in a pinch, I'll always go back to Frank Miller's run, Man Without Fear. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I forgot. All the besides uh, Dark Knight, because I know, like, when you own a lot of comic books and stuff, and a lot of omnibuses or whatever, what's one hardcover omnibus payback floppy that you think you just always pull out read from start to finish and that could put a smile on your face actually uh infinity gauntlet really oh the one with that, Thanos. that's one that i yeah um mm-hmm. uh batman hush that runs always um, can pull that out yeah yeah uh the court of owls uh another batman run mm-hmm. uh Greg Capullo and, and Scott Snyder, mm-hmm. huge, huge fan of that. Um, I have the, an Alice mask around here somewhere. Um, Cause it's the first story that I've read re- in the recent years, even though it's like, mm-hmm. what is it like 14 years old now, 13 years old now, something like that. Um, that really kind of uh, dug deeper into and added to the Batman mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, and it explored the history of Gotham and how it was created and how he, mm-hmm. how the Waynes are linked to it, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it, there's certain books that kind of like you have 
you have your go-to movies, right? Your feel-good movies, your mm-hmm. comfort films, comfort food. You know, I have comfort comics, and I think a lot of people do that, especially if they're like entrenched like I am in this crazy hobby of ours, you know, of collecting comics. So, yeah, um, Infinity Gauntlet's one, uh, Hush, just because Jim Lee drew it, and it was just amazing. Um, yeah, I, I swear, Jim Lee's art. Yeah, Jim Lee's art can literally save a book, even though the story is just completely shit because his art is that good. Oh, I think he, God he just gave him like the magical hands to draw. <laughs> that, that too, and he has a. Um, he was originally studying to be a doctor. Like he already had an artistic talent, but he was studying to be a doctor. And when he graduated with his degree in pre-med, he was getting ready to go to med school, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted to pursue a career in comics. Um, So he made a deal with his dad saying, hey, give me a year to make it in into the industry. And if I don't, I'll go to med school. You know, so that's why his anatomy is so good, because I'm sure he was drawing stuff, making notes um, for school in in addition to whatever doodles he was doing. and he eventually got his break. Um, Marvel Annual was like Atlantis Attacks, and he did, um, it was only like four or five pages of him doing uh, Daredevil, actually, in that book. It was like Marvel Annual 2 Atlantis Attacks. Um, and it was, it was buried in my comics box. So when I got to meet him, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to pull that one out. <laughs> you know, for him to sign it. But I made sure he signed X-Men number one. And then I went right next door to his booth, which was Scott Williams, who does his inking. So, and I had Claremont already signed in there. And Claremont doesn't like to sign on the cover. He always signs somewhere in the interior of the book. But uh, Jim signed the cover. Uh, then I went right over to the next booth, got Scott to sign it. And I'm like, hey, who did the coloring for that? Was that Alex Sinclair? He's like, hell no. Sinclair was still in diapers when we made that book. He goes, I'm like, all right, well, cool. Who's the colors? Because I need to find this guy. I want the whole art team. And he's like, I t- dude, I can't remember. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll track it down. <laughs> and I, I still can't find this guy. So that's my holy grail comic. Yeah, because, man, I remember when I only had just Eric's books out, I would just read Alpha Core again, even though I, I think everyone's seen my review that I did with other people. I think the ending is a little rushed, but I don't know. There's, like, moments in the comic book where I'll just, like, flip to my favorite part and just read from that moment, even though I know what the beginning part of the story is. I don't know, man. I I, I found right. another love for the, for, for, for the medium once I started buying more books again. You know, because I see point. I bought books and yeah. I read them. It was just more like, you know what? I was like, how was it? I was in a bad part, a bad state of my life where I wasn't enjoying it. Cause I think there's not enough, there's not a lot of bad, like everyone always says. I don't ever think stories are that bad. Like people make it seem like you're fucking reading like Catwoman, the movie, in some of these books. And you could be. I'm not saying you can't. Everyone's their own opinion. But I'm sure there's people that enjoyed that movie. You know, that's what I love about that's how you know that's how you know humanity is. is fucking horseshit. Oh, like recently. No, I agree. Um, I, I, I think that, as my kids would say, that's dog water, bro. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy that movie because it, it went so far away from the 
the history and the mythos. It's like it just because you name it named her Selena Kyle, made her Catwoman, doesn't oh, no, 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 no. Remember, her name people. was her name was Patience Phillips in Catwoman. Remember? Patience Phillips, that's right. God, oh, oh the it's, horror! It's such a bad movie. I love the outfit though. The outfit was sexy because it's the outfit there. actually is really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was kind of waiting that, for that, to incorporate into the comics. But. That was the other thing I wanted to bring up to people because this is how you can tell like people are clamoring for good stuff. Recently, I know a lot of you guys like GI Joe. I was never the hugest fan of GI Joe. I remember watching the cartoon. Remember, I, I, I did enjoy the cartoon. I watched all the live action movies, and those are all trash. They're bad, legit ass movies. The new GI Joe comic line and the Transformers line are selling incredibly well. GI Joe number three hundred and one through three hundred and three all sold out today. All sold out. When you go on eBay and you try to look, look up like Duke number one, one of the highest selling floppies. Cobra Commander, number one. Highest selling floppies. People want to spend money on this stuff, guys. Do not believe people out there saying, no, 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 it's it's dead. It's dead. It's dead. No, no, no. People want to spend money. They're just more hesitant on what they spend their money on. Because as you mentioned earlier, you have a family, you have the food, bills. You know, you got to be very wary about where your money's going. People don't want to spend their money on dog shit. They want to spend money on good entertainment, you know, or entertainment that doesn't lecture them. Entertainment that that's just... You know, like it could be your favorite creator and he could be a fucking Pfizer fucking crypto scamming Joe Biden voter. But who cares? If you write a good book, you know, people want to buy it. People are just hesitant on spending their money because, you know, you mentioned earlier with Eric, if the industry was that dead, that book doesn't make it that that, that much money. It just doesn't. Right. If an industry's yeah. dead and no I mean, one cares, it, like if absolutely no one cares, you know. Yeah. yeah, like, and obviously to a certain extent it is kind of like anecdotal evidence because it's just one guy, but you see a, a lot of other indie product, product uh, projects out there do well. People want to spend money on this stuff. They just know a lot more now than what they used to, so they're not just throwing their money at every doggone fucking title, you know? It's like movies now. Movies have to yeah. earn you to go pay your money to go watch them. Not just, you know, oh, I'm making yeah. a superhero movie. I'll just take my money. It's like, no, no, it's a little different now, you know? <laughs> it is. Yeah, I think um, I don't. I wouldn't say that the the readership is hesitant. Well, they are hesitant. They they want to make sure that it's good, so they wait mm-hmm. for that word of mouth. Um, yeah, word of mouth like, is oh, really strong on comics now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm I next time I go to I go into town and go to my comic book shop. I'm gonna go pick up the new Ultimate Spider-Man because I had three mm-hmm. or four friends who were avid comic book readers. Like it was actually really good, and I'm like. Hmm. Okay. Coming from Marvel. Weird. Let's do it. So next time I go into town, I'm picking that book up and that's because of word of mouth. You know, mm-hmm. people are waiting to see either their favorite YouTuber that does critiques of these books or reviews mm-hmm. of these books. Uh, they're, they're all just kind of waiting to see what they say. Um, oh, for sure. They identify yeah. with whatever that, you know, and then that is kind of the, the linchpin of whether they're going to go out and spend their hard-earned money, especially in this economy that we have right now. It's like, Jesus Christ, I, I got like 15 items at the grocery store and I was like 135 bucks. I'm like, oh, man, right. it goes yeah. comic book money, you know? Mm-hmm. So. No, like today, I I, had, uh, I didn't want to make, make food. So I was like, you know, I'll just go get some DoorDash. It's like $25 right there. I'm like, fuck, that's, that's two graphic novels I could have bought myself right there. Or today, I right. – I, I, I didn't have um uh action comics number one thousand graphic novel or Batman uh, uh detective comics 
ish number 1,000. So I found someone on eBay that sold them as a pair, 22 bucks, free shipping. And I went on Amazon, nice. put them in, in, in my cart, came, came to $25. And I was like, you know what? I'll give it to the eBay seller who's selling for $3 cheaper. You know, right. people are like, it's only $3. Well, I'm helping someone out directly versus Amazon, you know, which is a billion dollar corporation. So, because I made a good deal. Right. You know, but, you know, like, dude, I, people always ask me, how can I live on my own in California? It's more like, you know, I'm just really good with just the money that I make, you know? Bills are always paid up yeah. front. Then anything left over, it's like, hey, you know, some months I don't get something for myself, but that's good because I like to have a roof over my head and not be outside homeless. I'm I'm good with that. I can right. live with home, opening a door, turning on a light, and I not have to be outside when it rains. I can live with that. Right. And if that costs getting the random newest thing ever, I'm cool with that. I, I'll, I'll live. You know, there's always Black that, Friday deals. There's always deals throughout the year. Oh, yeah. You got me up money. I do, I do it myself too. I save up money for stuff, you know, like I'll save up for like getting, um, Omni blisters or whatever. I'll have PayPal. There's PayPal paying fours. There's companies now you, you can pay it. You can pay it off in four payments. It's not that bad, honestly, you know? Yeah. I, I, the, the most recent thing that I saved up for was a uh, Jim Lee, uh, Marvel. Like it was a thick book. It's like huge. It's a huge book <laughs> and it has his original pages scanned in there and there's like little blurbs where he's talking about the page or whatever and it, yeah it's probably one of my most prized possessions i love that book because that it, that dude inspires me you know so I if I my most prized like one my first omnibus i it's it crazy because I, I didn't know who wrote it it was dan not dan slot oh, mark brooks that fucking loser i gotta admit this art is very good and i love iron man his i his I saw the omnibus. It's when he it looked like the the suit is merging onto him from from the nanotech technology, and he's got the sunglasses on. He's wearing the suit. Right. I was like, I just fell in love with it. I don't know what it was about it. I was like, I have to have this right now, and I will buy this. That was yeah. my very first omnibus. I actually own two Iron Man omnibuses, but that one I was like, that's my that's my baby right there. So I was gonna be my baby, my first omnibus. You know, you, you never forget your first. Just just saying that people. And then later on, I got first. That's true. Yeah, and then le later on, but I obviously I got more. You know. <laughs> Right. Yeah, well, because collect you got collectors never stop collecting, man. You know, uh, my first <laughs> omnibus that I ever bought was uh, it was it was Daredevil on its pack somewhere here, and it was like the first I don't know, say five years, I guess. Uh, so from when when did he show up? Like nineteen sixty eight. So yeah, there's some really good stuff in there, um, and you get to see the transition from the. Uh, the mustard and brown suit to the red suit. And that was awesome. Uh, that's another uh, feel good comfort book that I have. I'll just go in there mm -hmm. and start. I'm like, all right, and just read a couple stories or whatever. Like, um, recently, you have people that'll be like, well, Last Ronin's really good. People, when word of mouth is so good, people check it out. And they, they see how good it is. Then they'll tell their other friends. Like, how do people think all these stories from DC and Marvel got as big as they did? Well, word of mouth. Not only were they good, yeah. it's just their word of mouth did it. They were so good, you just had to keep talking about them. That's what's lacking. Well, I mean, that's, and, that, and that's how you can tell it's a story issue. It's not a creator problem. It's a story writing problem. That's the big problem the industry right. has. Yeah, you're you're at 100 correct. Um, word of mouth is why I bought the last Ronin, and I was desperate to get caught up on that. And Berserker, mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves' book, mm -hmm. that that was word of mouth. Um, 
and, and they're great. They're great books. They're they're great mm-hmm. stories. I, I I thought like going into the last Ronin, I was like, oh, it's it's got to be Leo. Leo's the last Ronin, and mm-hmm. then you come to find out that it's Mikey. You know, like oh yeah. man, that's crazy because like he is fucking brutal in that series. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're if you're gonna make another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, do the Last Ronin, or make it into a game because I would play the shit out of that. Make it an Arkham style Last Ronin game where you could do all four of them, yeah. but they have like a, a, a different free flow combat movements. Oh my god. You're selling out. That'd of that. be awesome. Like that's the. You oh, know, read, I'm a huge read, fan um, of the Arkham series too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I love those games. Too. You know, because you, you know how did, recently, like uh, yesterday, it was announced that DC and Marvel are teaming up to reprint their older Amalgam comics, where they had all these crossovers like Dark yeah. Law, uh, Super, Dark Superman vs. Awesome. Spider-Man, Batman Daredevil. I know you're probably gonna want to get that Batman Daredevil one again, because the, there are some oh, Amalgam comics yeah. stories that I didn't get a chance to read because you know i had to learn through different ways than other people did but that right. i remember seeing the arbor for some of them and i was like bro this is cool and a lot of people are like they're not as good as they used to be and like go fuck yourself these are this is what comics need you need that excitement like oh no my my favorite character is fighting your favorite character like daredevil batman teaming up though i think batman just kind of beats the shit out of him that's cool as fuck to have them team up together and yeah. fight or do a detective that, thing together what, that all stems from like the 90s when comics were just they were spectacle they were fun mm-hmm. you had spawn and batman yeah you had daredevil and Batman. you mm-hmm. had all these crossovers you had elmogram comics uh you had dark mm-hmm. claw um shit was just fun man it was fun to read there was a lot of hey what if we merge these two characters together or what if these two characters who are in separate universes Mm-hmm. You know, meet up. How are they going to interact? It was a lot of what if, and I think mm-hmm. that's probably the the best question when you're a writer, you're a storyteller, is the what if. Um, if you have a good premise, like what if these two characters who have never met in the history of comics, what if we mm-hmm. put them? What if we put them in a room? How are they going to interact? Mm-hmm. And then you take ones that like Batman and Daredevil, two entirely different upbringings. Because Batman was raised wealthy as fuck, um, and Matt wasn't. You know, he was. That's why he's he's a street level hero. You know, he fights for the little guy. He protects his town, his little borough of New York. So, the the what if question. If you if you execute that correctly, people will read it. People will talk about it. They'll tell their friends about it because they're just because re- we were talking about word of mouth. That's how I got comics back in the day. It's like because you only have X amount of money, especially when you're a kid. You know, you got your allowance, or you're doing odd jobs around the neighborhood or whatever. So, like, money was you. You learn how to prioritize what you want to spend that money on. You know, so I would ride the. I think it was like six miles from my house to the comic book store in Modesto, California, uh, to Bonanza's Bonanza Books and Comics, and I would ride there. Um. At least twice a month and go and, and see what books were out there. And I would have my friends suggestions of like, hey man, you need to go pick up this book. Oh, you need to pick up this issue of Hulk, it's badass. Wolverine makes an appearance. I'm like, oh shit. I like the Hulk. I like Wolverine. You know, I'm gonna go and check this out. So that's that's what 
used to be, and I love that it's kind of coming back with that word of mouth. Um, it definitely looks bad when these comic companies, they release an issue and it doesn't really, you know, skyrocket in sales. But then again, they'll, they'll see an uptick later on because a handful of people are going to buy it mm-hmm. and tell their friends about it. And then they're going to come in and now they're going, they're buying back issues, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, I've had that happen with some of my stuff. You know, they're like, hey, uh, my buddy picked up this comic of yours at a con, but I want to get caught up. And I'm like, I got you. I got you, man. Because mm-hmm. one, I want your money. You know, that yeah. allows me to make more comics. Um, but two, I, I had a story to tell, and I love telling that story to anybody that will listen. Um, so, yeah, that, that, I, I don't think it's – the more things change, the more things stay the same. And I think word of mouth is in the comic book industry is still like the way to go as far as marketing, you know, because like, mm-hmm. I remember late 90s, you'd go to a comic book store and there'd be stand up displays and posters, you know, for a, a particular story yep. arc. Yeah. And it was like, oh, OK, man, I'm, I'm coming in here to to get my Daredevil, to get my Green Lantern, to get my Justice League, you know. And then I'm seeing all these advertisements for like these individual story arcs, which is mm-hmm. it was very weird to me. When I mean, you don't need that, you know, because the word of mouth thing, your your friends and family or other people that are in your circle that also enjoy this this medium or can be like, hey man, I picked up this book, it's really cool. I think you're gonna enjoy it, you know. And then you run to the, your your local comic book shop and and pick up a copy. I think uh, that's another issue, too, is um, comics are now out of, you know, big box retailers, so to speak. I mean, the only places that I know that carry them is Aldi's, and obviously Barnes & Noble's is technically a big box retailer, and you have the page punchers from Tom McFarlane. Tom McFarlane has the $10 page punchers where you get a little toy and the comic book there. He single-handedly is one of the guys keeping that somewhat afloat. I wonder how much of the sales is also influenced by those page punchers he has, too. Because you factor in like the price. I, I don't know. I don't know. Because that's the thing. It's really, it's really saying because those paper launchers are like $10 plus tax, like of 12 something. Those are decently affordable. So not bad. Obviously. Yeah, and it comes with like a little miniature figure. And yeah, he's going to have, a, he has new lines of them coming out. There's a new Transformer one coming up that I, I definitely am going to buy because it looks cool as fuck. Hey, I love me some Transformers, you know? And it's like, that one guy can't keep everything afloat. I, I respect what he's doing. I really love what he's doing. He has great ideas. He's awesome at what he does, but there has to be more, man. He just can't be the only guy, you know? Yeah. And and uh, as much as I love Uncle Todd, um, he, he's a great businessman, but unfortunately it keeps him away from doing what we all enjoy him doing, which is drawing. You know, yeah. like you, you'll catch his little live streams here and there where he's doing like quick little sketches and maybe doesn't yeah, cover it yeah. as well. But I am doing his other business ventures. And that's one of the things where I'm kind of hesitant about my own businesses. Like, cause I'm kind of doing that now, not a, mm-hmm. definitely not on that scale is I'm more of a manager or more of a you know project manager on these things as opposed to mm-hmm. doing what I'd love, which is sitting at the table or sitting on my screen and make a books, you know, I got to outsource everything. So I would love for Todd to start to get back into actually making books. Yeah. I think that'd be amazing. 
Yeah, because now it's basically he's just making deals to bail a Hasbro because, you know, Hasbro right. made really – because people don't understand, for toys, for Hasbro to sell well, the movies and TV stuff corresponding with those toys have to be good, right? And if the word of mouth on those TV shows right. and movies are bad, no one's buying that stuff. Like, I, I guarantee you, dude, you go into town, Walmarts, Targets, all these wherever, there's fucking – racks of ray toys not selling because it's probably it's the same ray toys you you saw like five six years ago not sell discounted even discounted for three dollars no one's buying them that's rave of toys not selling anything new just doesn't sell you know what will sell yeah. darth vader they put a 30 dollar yeah. darth vader little fucking toy sells put out a oh R2D yeah toy i'm a sucker sells. for that too yeah yeah mm-hmm. this is um I feel, Whatever. I, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was, it's like it's like McFarland Toys has made at least a grand off of me yeah. buying the the DC Select or mm-hmm. the uh, the gold label stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, my old office, which was significantly smaller, I just mm-hmm. had all of those toys pinned up against the wall, still in the box. Um, so when I go to Target and I go right to the toy, I'm like, okay, let's see what new McFarland. DC toys are out, you know, and some of them are dog shit, but it's like the Aquaman one. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, right, oh, really, what? Why did really he do cool it? Ones, though. I, I I get he wants to push comic books, dude. I I, I get it, but I Todd ain't nobody buying no page puncher with a black Aquaman on there. That that's literally why people don't buy books as that. Like, come on, bro. We who are we capping here? But I ain't but no- I picked up Manta, you know, mm-hmm. um, the. They were doing these black and white figures and uh, came with a comic book and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I saw Manta and I'm like, oh, I got to have you. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, 24 bucks. Let me check mm-hmm. my bank account. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to the car. <laughs> you're coming home with me. Thanks, Target. Oh, God. That, 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 that's the thing is um, I remember just so much going on with a lot of this stuff now, man, at this point where, you know, I love this stuff. I love buying books. I love reading them. I love reviewing them. I, there, there's channels that I that I want to be on the level of like I read a book and everyone's telling me what their favorite part is and all that stuff. I, I watch um Near Mint Condition and a few other people are like I love. He has this big like library. He can just go to like hey, I live my Green Lantern section. I can't wait to get like shelves and have them, like over there, DC section, oh, Marvel yeah. section, indie section, whatever. Oh my god, have them all in order. There's because people that I've asked like. Would you rather prefer to get trade paperbacks or like omnibuses? I'll say if you want to save money, if there's ever an omnibus of an entire run, it, it's yeah, guys, it's gonna, be, gonna be like 90 bucks, but you will save so much money because if there's like 10 trade paperbacks in a story, okay, all those are gonna be like almost $12 potentially, give or take which story, which run, whatever, plus tax. Right. You're gonna definitely save money buying the full collective version. I promise you, it'll save you much longer doing it. Plus, if you want to read, read it just all at once. Because a lot of you guys just binge it anyway. You're going to sit there and read probably like 20 pages anyway on your own, you know? Plus, less boxes too. Less space, right? That's why I like Omnibus more. Just true. Less space. They're big, they're big fat bricks, but they save, you, they save me money. Yeah, but they, look, they look good on a bookshelf too, so it makes you look right. like you're well-read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not reading classic literature, even though I have, but <laughs> I, I do. I, I like having them um, on the bookshelf too. Uh-huh. Um, I got a Captain America omnibus um, that I think that was a Brew, yeah, Brewbaker wrote. Um, has the whole um, Winter Soldier storyline in there. It's, it's awesome. It's 
freaking thick, you know, and it's on my bookshelf. It's not in with my, uh, my floppies. Um, and I like tried trade paperbacks, you know, especially stories that I read. Right. Right. I like to go back to and read. Um, but I also, I'm a collector through and through. So I do like getting the floppies. I love going into the, the back issues, um, I like when uh, local get hardcovers. I like paperbacks too, yeah. man. But I, I always prefer hardcovers, man. If there's a hardcover, I do. Dude, I, I bought the one where it was Birth of Venom, and I discovered there was an omnibus of it. I was like, whatever, <laughs> fuck it, damn it. I already bought. It's already oh, paid you're, for. You're, you're, you're gonna get the story in the hardcover, that's for sure. On the omnibus. God, I hate it. Like I hate the one it. I'm saving up for now is Invincible because there's like four volumes. There's a, oh, you're talking about the Clopediums, which are basically omnibuses. Any, yeah, you're talking about the invincible omnibuses, right? It's the one where he's doing this post with it, yeah. it's like 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I, so for me, with whether it's invincible, I thought about doing that, or I thought about just getting um all the hard the hardcovers. It's so it's like 12 hardcovers, or you could get like four. I hate the word copedium, it's just another fucking word for omnibus. Or you could just get an omnibus, right? So that's what I was thinking about. I don't know, I don't know yet. What's not should I do? Fuck, those hardcovers are great. It's tough. Thing, if I you have, get four copediums, right? You, I, I hate when you buy a book and you see another version of it with better art than the one you bought. That's the worst feeling ever. You're like, right. I don't want to, I don't want to cheat on you, but I kind of want to toss you out for this one. <laughs> right. It's like I, um, with my company, we just with Bengali, we were just now doing a trade paperback mm-hmm. because we had three issues, and I threw in some like behind the scenes type stuff, sketches, things like that. Um, I put that with the Big Gully 3 campaign uh, and I crowdfunded it through Fund My Comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, did really well. Can't wait till that gets printed because it's going to look awesome. Like I was about 80% putting it together and then I had the stroke. So it's, it kind of slowed me up, but I'm going to get back on it because, man, I, I'm not going back to work until like June. Cause oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So... Um, so I'm on a extended vacay. Up oh, you should be. It was died. I'm, I, I, I hope they would do that. Yeah, I hope, uh, we're, I, I, really I legit cool hope if you almost died, they would have to do something. They would have to let you take a break. <laughs> yeah, like the army didn't care. Like if I had died, they'd expect me back to work in three days. You know, like Jesus. Fucking but hell, man. My 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 current job. They're like, holy crap, dude. Yeah. Take care of yourself. We'll we'll make it work. We'll do this. We're gonna try this route. Mm. We're gonna do this route. You know, um, don't come back until you're ready, man. Because we need you healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm not used. I'm not used to sitting around. Like I have all this. I'm probably gonna draw a comic book in that time, maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but the right hand still works. So. That's all I could ask for after that. How long do, does it take you to do a sequential art, actually? Because you said it takes you about four to ten hours, potentially, give or take. So let's say you're drawing it, like it a depends, dynamic yeah. fight scene. So let's say you're drawing like a dynamic fight scene. How long do you think that would on average take you for the most part? Uh, because on, on scenes like that, you really I want to spend more time on it and get the detail. Mm-hmm. I really want to sell that fight scene. Um. I want some. I want people that are really like, holy shit, that was a really good page, mm-hmm. and uh, so I I would probably I would say about twelve hours. I, I'd probably spend a full day on it, mm-hmm. um, just sitting here and, and 
and knocking it out and hate myself. I'm like, oh man, I should have done this. Oh man, I could do mm-hmm. this better. Um, yeah, yeah, about twelve hours at a minimum, okay. twelve hours, maybe even eighteen, depending on the complexity of it, um, like the background and stuff, like the setting. Because um, I want, I want to be as detailed as possible. Mm-hmm. Because I was, you know, I, I grew up in comics. You know, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Rob Rob Liefeld. These guys yeah. put a lot of detail into their stuff. Todd being the most detailed. You know, and then Mark Silvestri shows up and he's just blowing everybody out of the water and he's got these levels of detail. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh shit, okay. So I need to I need to emulate that. I need I need to put that detail in there. And that's just me um being a being a perfectionist and, and striving that level of mm-hmm. trying to reach that level of detail when there's conflicts out there where the colorist is doing the majority of the work. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a a really nice coloring book that somebody already colored for you. You know, it's just really simple line art and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's people that enjoy that style of artwork. I'm just not one of them. You know, I like throwing the cross hatching in. I, I like putting the extra crack in the brick, you know, yeah. making the window pane a little detailed, you know, a little bit more, even though it's stuff that I know it's going to get covered up by captions and word balloons or thought balloons. You know, I still want to put that work in there because it's important to me and the mm-hmm. quality of work that I produce because my name's tied to it. Mm. And last few things I'll ask you because it's getting late for you too. Uh, it's for at nine for you. Good Lord. Getting old. You're like, oh, back in my day, I could stay up and, you know, do the things, you know, but. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm in this. bed by 10. <laughs> You're telling me, holy shit, man. Okay, so you know what happened when I told when I told you last time I was, I was gonna get the Batman Aliens crossover. I swear, yeah. I thought I bought the right paperback. Turns out I just bought book one, so I ended up having to order book book two. But turns out there's only two books anyway. It turns out there's only two well, books. So I'm like, thank God. If it was like five books, I'd have I'd have fucking threw this in the trash. I'm not kidding, people. I would have legit tossed this out because I, I, just, I hate making mistakes like that. But you know, Ultimate Spider One, Ultimate Spider Man number one is out. It's, out, it's selling great. Turns out when I bought this, I accidentally ordered two. You know, how you sometimes on eBay you buy one, buy two, buy three. I it turns out I hit the buy right. two option. So good thing I did. But yeah, I, I this art is absolutely amazing. This looks great. Why oh, can't we great. go back to this? Yeah, why can't we go back to this style? You know, cover art sells you the book. Yeah, yeah. I I because I'm a big believer, and you do judge a book by it. By its cover. By its so, cover. <laughs> uh, oh, like he's in there. You know, I've bought so many comic books just because Jim Lee did the cover or Mark Silvestri did the cover. David Finch yeah, did I the did. cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Anytime it says Jim Lee on the cover, you, know, even well, though, you just get my money. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was that? Uh, was it Batman and Catwoman? No. Which issue was that? It was like Batman 500 or something like that. Uh, where he's kissing Catwoman in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely had to get that signed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a beautiful cover. It's so simple. It's such a simple layout. Mm-hmm. It's two characters engaged in an embrace in the rain. But the way he executed it was just so spectacular. Mm-hmm. That I was like, oh shit, I gotta go get that. And I ended up buying like two or three copies of it because I know I'm going to screw up at least one because I'm going to read it. Um, yeah. Um, cover art man it's like you're absolutely right bring back that 
great cover art, you know, like in those mm-hmm. issues that you just showed. They're amazing. <laughs> I love spending time on covers. I think I'm a big believer the cover sells the book, you know. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll, so, there's like always these arguments in the indie scene of like what's better, art or story. And it's like, I'll tell people right now, there's a reason why you spend most of your funded money on good art. There's a reason why people value having good artists because no one's going to know what your story is if the art looks like shit. I'm sorry, art it to me matters more because if no one knows what the, no one knows your story unless they bought your book. The reason why they would buy your book is because they would like the art that they see because comics are literally a visual medium. If someone thinks yep. the story is going to be good based off whatever, they can go buy fucking novels or whatever. So you could just randomly flip a coin and read a good story, right? But with comics, art over story first. Then, if the story's good, they'll they'll come back for issues two, three, four, and five. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, uh, I, I'm sure you're a lot like me. Um, when I pick up a new book, I flip through the pages looking at the art first. And then <laughs> I, I go back. I just stopped doing that because I spent too much money. I just stopped doing that. <laughs> you know, uh. so, uh, like, Crimson Guardians, which you, you bought, that is mm-hmm. hands down probably the best art I've ever done. Mm-hmm. That's probably some of my finest work. I, I'd say the majority of that comic is in my portfolio. Yeah, so. today, um, I don't know if you know who John Longbox is. He put out his first um, cover page or his comic book, Her- uh, Heroic Tales. Um, as a person who draws covers, um, I-, I told him it looks great. I-, I like what he's doing here. But for me, what what generally takes me out of a cover is when it, is, is when it goes too on the nose. So I think there's too many people here with smartphones. That'll take me out. One person is whatever. I, I, I think the bottom of the cover with people on here with their smartphones is is doing a little a little too much. That'd be like my only real critique of it. Although other than that, it, it looks completely fine for the most part, actually. Uh, what, I, what I about dig you? it. Um I, I I like the social commentary that it's saying that we're so attached to our devices that mm-hmm. um when we see something amazing like this, this encounter that's going on right now, we want to save a prosperity safe. So we're breaking out our phones. Um, you see it at concerts all the time where more people are mm-hmm. looking at the concert, even though they paid the money to see it live, they're looking at it through their phone, <laughs> so you know, sad. as opposed to just putting the phone away. I don't do that. You know, that's so crazy. You'd be like $500 to see Taylor Swift. Why are you watching her through your phone? That wouldn't even make sense. It's like what? Yeah, that that's going to that would be in my pocket, and I would just be enjoying the experience and, and mm-hmm. getting the memory. I don't need to record it because I have the memory. Right, um, mm-hmm. but that's just that's just the way things are right now. I think I, I with this cover, I I think that's I don't know if that was on purpose or if he's just kind of mm-hmm. thought it would be a cool idea, but. Um, it's executed beautifully. I probably would have been have a little bit more dynamic pose for the central figure. Um, because the oh, way he's saying, kind of I, I, I would have the main character a little bit more because you guys see how like the smartphones are right here. I would have the, the main character slightly pushed upwards. Like you need to see yeah. a little, little, little bit more emphasis on the main character. Yeah. Um yeah, there's some things going on here too that I don't oh, like. Okay, but, but, uh, oh before you oh before you critique it. What would be if you saw this as, as in your local comic book store and you just saw it? You because you said you like kind of like buying random titles sometimes based off the art. Would you pick this up for six dollars? Probably not. 
why i mean it, it's got some it's got some good colors um the anatomy is awkward with the mm-hmm. central character um there's a lot of things you can cheat with anatomy but that pose um just it doesn't work for me it's very awkward um there's there was definitely other dynamic solutions to illustrate that okay um, i i think the most important or stunning part is the people with the cell phones the the mini images on their on their mm-hmm. devices is actually better drawn than the central figure that they're all you know snapping a picture taking a video of um yeah, I I probably flipped through it. Hopefully, the interior art is probably executed a little bit better. Um, but for a cover, it's it's, and I hate to say it because you know I've, I've talked to John. I it's it, it's not doing it for me. There's so much going on with like the logo type and the uh, and the company banner. The company banner's just on the left corner. There's just too damn big. Yeah, covering up a lot. It's too long. It needs to be smaller. Uh, John, if you're watching this, yeah. I love you. Um, but th- th- this is what I would say. This needs to be smaller. This is not a bad look. This just needs to be smaller. Just really small, like this. This image you have in your box, it needs to be that size. Too many people. One person doing it, like this one. This one is fine. It needs to be a more emphasis on uh, an emphasis on the main character here. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm trying to bring up people. Okay, leave a comic geek. I, I haven't bought the Superman story yet, and uh comic run yet um but this was a really great cover that i think will be a good example here it's going to be in trade paperback soon so i'll be able to get that so here go to series That's really quickly cover. actually really good look this is the one that caps off this arc for superman look look what this does this tells me exactly what the story is going to be about he's going to be in a different dimension as a cowboy logo small emphasis on that superman yeah that looks great the writing, I don't like this font. I think it need, needs to be like Ariel Black, but that's just my own personal opinion. The font right here needs to be a little, little bit more better. I, but I right think there. a drop Simple. shadow would probably add to that a little bit. Right, right. Simple, sweet, to the point. That's what that does. Easy, okay? Whereas right here, yes, you know, you have good things going on, but I think the main – if this is your first book, the main character, he's got to be the central figure of the cover. That's who everyone's supporting in the, you know, in the first book. And I think the font down yeah, here absolutely. needs to be a little bit bigger. A little bit bigger. Not like huge. Just a little bit bigger, you know? Because he's fighting the villain. I, I, I can see that. But it feels like he's the main character, but he's too small in his own cover. Where I come over to here, I know you're trying to tell me this is Superman's book. This might be a horseshit story. But you're telling me this is Superman. I want to be invested in this guy for like five minutes when I'm reading the story. You know, that's just how I feel. Obviously, everyone's different. You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But I, I don't think your artist did a bad job. I, I just think there needs to be a little bit of a, a, a touch up here. No, it's on the cover. No, it's it's the artist is good. It's just mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone with that particular pose because it, it looks awkward. I mean, right, right. I can't, I'm, with my mouse like you can see it but his uh his right hand as, i see it or the left side arm mm-hmm. it it's that arm's cocked in a really weird mm-hmm. weird way um you know not to try and show him up but um let's see here i guess that's how you give critique you know you don't give critique like your yeah. mom should die uh i hate your wife uh your comic company should die yeah that's not how you do that <laughs> just saying <laughs> I'm bring it right here. You know, because I got 
Yeah, that's I got a yeah, similar, like that. Mm-hmm. Right. similar post. That works. You know, from the Crimson Guardians. Um, right. It adds a little bit more. Uh, I don't know tension. It's more dynamic. Just mm-hmm. and all it is is just shifting the arm a little bit. That cover you know? tells me that that main character who's right there is going to be a central focus right there on the cover art could be different in the book, right. but the cover, it has to give you the implication that the character you're buying that main guy you're buying it for has to be the central figure of that cover. This has to be, it's yeah. the first issue. It has to sell. So it does. You're absolutely right. I think that's how I just cover art. I mean, again, everyone's different, but um, yeah, just if you could in the, in the final print, make this smaller, that is just an eye sort of look at sometimes, you know? Yeah, shrink it, shrink it down a little bit, just just mm-hmm. a smidge, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but, but overall, I mean, it's got the right idea. Cover, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. He he's looking for feedback. So he said that was a mock-up according to his post. Right. So the feedback I would give is, you just got to tweak that arm, that cocked-in mm-hmm. arm, just a little bit, like maybe bring it out a little bit, like he's getting ready to, you know, follow through with another punch. Oh, John's going insane. You know, he's, <laughs> said the book's gonna be so, actually less than ten dollars. You are insane. I don't know. To be fair, he said he had a good job, so obviously he could pay for that stuff. But you know, I would tell him that, that's all I would say. You know, everything is if I saw that, like you said before, if that was in my pull list and I was like, you know what, maybe I need a random title like that to get me interested in the issue one. Ooh, that would be like a I would be debating on if I put that in my in my pull list, I would say. And the thing is, it's it's not a bad cover it's just there's some you can make really minor corrections and a lot of mm-hmm. it is the logo type you know the masthead mm-hmm. and all that stuff right um, shrink it down maybe put a drop shadow in there um with the cover art i already talked about that like minor tweaks to the anatomy and how you're positioning those arms um and, and it would be fine it'd be a great cover you know it'd be something that would like catch my attention uh what I don't like really is like, cause it said uh, featuring whatever, whatever the character's name is, but it's in the same color palette as the central character. Oh, featuring the um, patriarch. Which kind of gets yeah. lost. The mm-hmm. pa- yeah, it gets lost in there mm-hmm. because of the color scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, so you need it to stand out. I know that's probably the, the masthead that he wants to use for his character, the, that color scheme, you know, um, cause it matches his suit and I get it, but you also, don't want you don't want pertinent information getting lost. You know, oh that's yeah, just from a graphic design standpoint, bright colors do it better. Purple is a hard cover yeah. to sell generally. That's why you don't really see a lot of covers in purple or like pink. You know, most covers or are if like you, blue, if you light yellow, right. shit like that. You know, but if, you, red if you're gonna use it. purple, if you're gonna use purple, that's fine. Your pertinent information, the important stuff you want to convey to the potential buyer, you can put it in orange. You know, it's complementary color to purple, and it looks great. What, what are the co- what are the colors that you think can attract someone to buy a book based on a cover? Like, what 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 are like your go tos? Uh, reds, reds mm-hmm. always, is always eye catching. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I, I've used. I actually let me, let me dig this up because I do have a cover that's in purple. Yeah, because that's what I know to notice earlier is when 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 it says the patriarch, I, I think if um that's gonna be your main character, I feel like that should be kind of like more important information you would kind of put more like at the top or like center it, right? You know, 
Because if it's at the bottom right there, it's like, yeesh. I don't know if I can actually find that. Let me stuff. bring this up real quick. Like Renzo. Renzo's cool. I forgot. His, I, I'm pretty sure his artist is Renzo Rodriguez. He always talks about how good he is, you know. He's he doing some, some good stuff. And also, I know John wants to make sure he sells his first book. It's like no one's putting in all this money well, yeah. just to not sell your book. You know, that's that you'd be just like right. Just at a point you're just doing doing it like a hobby. It's like, you know, we're trying to make some actual money here. We're not doing it for a hobby. Fuck. Oh my god, that, that, so that here's was a cover that I did. Okay. That there's purple in there. Mm-hmm. You know. But notice the red. There his eyes are red, they're glowing. So that really kind of draws you in into the central figure of the character. Um, I, I have a rule when I'm doing comics. I try to, like sequential art, I try to keep things outside of center frame. Um, they, could be, they could be shifted to the left, to the right, up, down, whatever. But you never want a character dead center because that's just boring. Um, except, and then here's the exception to the rule, covers. You know, even though he is center frame, he's shifted off to the left a little bit. So, and yeah, I know I'm hawking my own shit here, but um, these are all lessons that I learned through trial and error and growing up in this industry. So, you know, it's covers are hard. <laughs> it drawings, yeah, because that's uh, the thing. Covers yeah. are what people first see. Remember, and this is a crowdfund. This remember. You're not, I don't know if he's doing like many variant covers. I think he says that he's gonna have one, one or two. I think that's supposed to be your main cover, and that's gonna be your cover after the campaign sells. And you're gonna have like, let's just say a thousand copies of this book, right? Make or break that, that's the thing. People are gonna be like, hey, where, where, where can I start at Hero Tales? Number one, I'm just saying, people, art works this way. Now, I've been buying books for like my entire life, so cover art's gonna come here. Like, I'll know my. When you when you start buying books, you know what your style as a book is. You know, you just do. I but I think generally, it's my opinion. If you are selling your first book and you want to be able to get to know your character, he's got to be more center face. This is the title character you're launching off with. You know, like I saw number one. Remember, was right. I saw him just like this on the book. You like the cover yeah. told you this is I saw him's book. You know, every other cover. Yep. It told you Isom is a big po- component of this book. When I'm looking at that, it's like, yeah, I can tell you the main component, but then I see people with smartphones, and I see like the the, the text is weirdly wonky. Then I see the main logo of the book is a little too long. You know, just keep it simple, short and sweet yeah, to the it's, point. Yeah, you do, and you you want like you were saying, you want that central character to be impactful. So when you look at it, you know that that's the main character. That's who I'm going to be reading about. Mm-hmm. Um, so the manga. Manga does all the time. Any character that's going through an arc on that manga book, that character is the main central focus. The entire whole page is theirs. Right. You know, <sighs> that's why yeah. I love comic books. Yeah, you can, right. I mean, if you told that to people, dude, they're like, "He's you're a detractor of John. You hate him." It's like, what? Just give, just give him my opinion. What no, I, I, you? I'm not. Actually, I, I hope his book is a huge success. I, I yeah, I'm getting it for I told him I'm, I'm buying it. You know, I'm buying. It I, just, I know you. I, I want to support you. I just think for a mock-up, there's you Definitely ask for feedback. That's my feedback. There's 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 some mm-hmm. tweaks you can make that would make the cover more impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I do first issues or I'm introducing a new character, I like having them like dynamically coming at the audience because that's something that was in the '90s was real big. Like you had Spawn coming at you, you had Black Suit Spider-Man coming at you. You know. They were in a very dynamic pose. There was a lot of action, a lot of energy behind it. 
you know, and you knew exactly right what you were getting into. You look at this. Just like that. I can introduce See, the that's character Rodok. This is Rodok. Yep. Title, Ghost Machine. That's small. It's not long down here. Simple, short, and sweet to the point. This is a newer age comic. These are all that, both newer age stuff. Like this right here. Also Spider-Man. It's a variant cover. Spider-Man. Yeah. Titles way up here. It's all his. Mm -hmm. It's all his. Yeah. You can, yeah. Um, sweet. Batman Aliens crossover. Yep. Art. Text way down here. Small as hell. Yeah. It's significant. Easy. Not a whole lot of type on there. Not a whole lot. Mm -hmm. You know, you got the Where, Which font do you use? Do you use Ariel Black? Do you use uh, Strickland? Do you use Sigmar? I sometimes create my own fonts because that's oh, also part of that graphic okay. design background. Um, Damn it! You know, is oh. cre creating your own <laughs> typography, um, <laughs> which is a pain in the ass because I feel I can just feel Charles Shields, who was my uh, professor, teaching me this stuff. Just I, I, I feel him just over my shoulder while I'm making these fonts. He's like, "That's not what I taught you. That's not what I taught you. Your your font is dog shit. What about the X height?" And I'm like, "Oh." You know, so there's times where I make my own fonts. There's times where I'll manipulate other fonts that I that I pick up along the way. Oh, um, I know. I know John is from New York. I know a lot of people with, with, with their New York characters. They'll have them standing on a tall skyscraper in a pose that where they're like they're like positioning themselves as a strong figure. A lot of people do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, I I talk to John. He wants to make sure his character is seen as someone who saves people. I told John, they're going to see that in the book. When they open the pages, they can see that. Eventually, he's going to save people. But that cover right. needs to show confidence. It needs to show simplicity to it, you know? If you overthink it on, like, all these other different things, it's just going to look cluttered, you know? Right. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a definitely a, it's a balancing act, you know? You mm -hmm. want it to be detailed. You want it to convey a lot of information that's impactful. But you can over-render. You can over-art it. To where things just get lost and it mm -hmm. just seems convoluted, you know, and it's like you you should whatever you want the focus to be should be very on the nose. Like when you like mm -hmm. those covers you showed, you know who is in the book, you know who the central figures are, you know what you're getting into. So if you start throwing too much stuff in there, it, it gets lost. Now, a way you can combat that if you have like a really busy page, like I showed you that that cardinal page mm -hmm. like burst in through the demon. The color did a really good job. Had because he kind of muted mm -hmm. all those demons, that color palette, you know, so they didn't stand out as much. So that central figure, the cardinal was like just jumping right at you. So there's ways to combat it. I don't think with that particular cover that was happening because they were all they were all within the same what would you cool, rate it what they call out of cool, 10? Because cool you said you wouldn't have bought it if you saw it as a floppy. You know how they have, like, some comic stuff have their yeah, indie new stuff? Yeah. I, what I, would you I, rate I, it out of 10? I'd probably give it a, like a, a soft five. I'm, I, I'm I think it's just kind of six. Yeah, a soft five. I mean, an argument mm -hmm. we made for six, you know, as I quote Tony Stark. Um yeah, I think just a few tweaks and it would just it it would pop better, you know. And, and we discussed those. So, like, but yeah, Tom, yeah. Overall, listening, and 
I'm available if you want to hire me for a variant cover. <laughs> yeah, John, I, I will definitely uh, put you in a contact with uh, Mr. Nick if you need someone for another eye. Because obviously, you know, you have more experience than the average Twitter user like XS Pussy Destroyer X. But obviously know more, right? You know, it's also oh, crazy. You, you found my alt account. <laughs> <laughs> All these, the only, only people we're talking about, Eric, and three assets and stuff. My biggest thing when it comes to any, any any topic, like if I don't know something, I could just literally message you on Facebook and go, hey, man, I don't want to send this like an art. Can you explain this to me if you potentially know? A lot of people on Twitter, guys, you know what they do? They don't do that. They go, well, you know, art is like this. And do you even know what you're talking? You have people that are giving like literally art opinions, not from just a couch of putting like mine. They're talking that's like they know what they're saying. It's like, bro, you don't know jack yeah, shit. They say it with their whole chest, bro. They say it with their whole chest. I've seen it. <laughs> Saying things like, no, you know, art looks, it needs to look like this and like this, bro. You know, I can guarantee you. I know when I don't know something. You, I know for sure you don't know what the fuck you're talking about with art, tracing, and all stuff. Right. He was like, and, oh, and, this guy, this guy told me, dude, I want drawn comics, no tracing. It's like, you know, professional people trace, right? Is you that retarded? Like, people trace and they use 3 I literally assets. have a file on my computer that's at least two gigs called the photo more. With reference pictures, people think you know Eric get, gets to Christmas like 3D assets and tracing. You people know these artists trace, right? Are you you can't be that retarded? Or it, it goes goes to show how much you don't know if that's surprising to you. If that's surprising to you, you need to learn a whole lot more about how this works. I, and I, I I barely know honestly. I, I try to learn how to draw. Symmetry is always the hardest thing. Symmetry might be the hardest thing I've ever had to do when learning to draw, and I can't do it. So you know, I'm yeah. kind of doing the towel there. You know, <laughs> yeah. Especially when you start dealing with architecture, you know, buildings and things like that. Um, mm. It's hard to create something out of nothing, like from your memory. Right, you right. Know? So mm -hmm. I take pictures of stuff. I take pictures of buildings that I think look cool. And I'll take them in an angle that I'm like, oh, this would be great in this issue here in that scene. You know, um, I take pictures of mailboxes. I take pictures of street lamps, you know. Things like Dude, that. I even um, ask people, like, why? First of all, why can't someone use an asset? It, it, what is wrong with that? First of all, half the stuff by that logic, none of you could can watch movies now because all do people know what CGI is? 3D rendered images, most of what CGI is, yeah. computer generated images from what people 3D models. Okay, not arguably, you can't watch movies now by that logic because Hollywood uses cheap CGI in everything. Okay. This is how you can tell. Even EPS admitted to that. He, when he was drawing yeah, he Green did. Lantern, he had, right, yeah, the stadium. He had this he, uh, he like stadium, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, he traced it. Yeah, um, it, it happens. It's because it's also we're we're commercial artists, you know. So time is money, right? So, right. And when have you ever seen a stadium from a bird's eye view? You've never done it unless you just happen to fly over a stadium, you know, like. To recreate some of these things from memory is is very difficult to do. And I'm not giving an excuse that but we all do it. Every one of us is guilty of it. And it's not yeah, a bad I, thing because what, we yeah, want to what I, what I do the best quality like, art. Why are we making it so much of a bigger thing for this one particular person's book? I just don't like, – this is the hill right. we're dying on. And I also have to remind myself, these are people that don't even uh, buy product. They're just mad because another person is successful. Right. I have to keep in my mind, you people don't buy – Floppies. People don't buy hardcovers, paperbacks. None of them. They don't buy none of that shit. They 
just want to be angry at something, like you said earlier, and then they just want to just bitch and moan about shit they literally do not understand. Yeah, they, Com- they just want to tell me they know the art better you know? than someone like maybe like you, like, bruh, fuck. What the hell? Well, and that's the thing, too. It's like, I don't even consider myself like a, uh, like an expert in art because I know art is subjective and everybody has their, uh, mm-hmm. you know, particular, uh, you know, styles that they enjoy, you know, which is fine. Um, there's certain mediums like comic books where the art needs to be kind of in the same hemisphere. It mm-hmm. needs, when you look at it, you can tell it's comic book art, you know, um, and that that's going to require a photo morgue because you can't draw everything from memory. So yeah, you're going to have to trace some stuff. You're going to have to use some tools. You're going to have to use some 3d rendering stuff, you know, to mm-hmm. like, I got a, I don't think we're sitting around here. I put them away, but for poses and stuff, I got little action figures that I pose in different ways. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then I'll take a camera from my phone and I'll mm-hmm. take a picture from whatever angle that I want to draw. And then I'll let, lightboard it well i used to lightboard it when i do it on paper but now i just send it to my computer tony stark style like that throw it up on my screen it's a background layer i go over it and i trace it now i'm not just tracing it but i'm also going in there and i'm adding details that weren't there before in the original Mm -hmm. picture or the original render you know so you do add your own flavor you know you add your own spin to it you know it's like you you make it uniquely yours. It's just not copying a picture. Don't get me wrong. There's comic books out there. I mean, I just read Atreidian Justice um, from a friend of mine, and I, I had to destroy his hopes and dreams because I was like, this oh, is a garbage Lord. book. <laughs> Which is funny because he came to me. He's like, hey, man, I look up to you. I love your art. I love your company. Mm-hmm. I love these characters. And he's like, hey, man, I, I really need you to um, give me a review on this book. So. I gave him a review. I'm like, here's what I don't like about it. Um, and he's like, man, that's harsh. Cause like, then he name dropped like three dudes that we commonly know. Uh, three dudes that we have in common. He's like, Oh yeah. But like, mm-hmm. um, these guys said it was great. And I'm like, I think they were lying to you. I don't think they wanted to crush your bubble. Um, <laughs> Cause it was your first comic and it's been like a, a 40 year old dream of yours to produce this book but i gotta tell you man it's dog shit the, the mm-hmm. art is horrible the colorist who's also the artist no it's not they're not good you ripped off three different origin stories for your book you know mm-hmm. this one character ripped off green lantern this character ripped off shazam you know he's like Oh, I didn't see that at all. I was like, maybe shit, bro. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) He goes, well, the second issue is going to be better. I'm like, no one's going to read the second one if the first one's dog shit. Yeah, yeah. People are factoring when it comes to comics. Your first first impression impression is is your best one. Right, yeah. First impressions matter in comics. Really bad. Because if I read, I'll I'll aim at it. I I do this with big comics too. Because earlier I brought up, if I read Blade issue number one that came out last year, a floppy, and I didn't like it, I'm not buying the paperback. I'd be retarded. You know, so I didn't like the first oh, thing absolutely. I bought. Now, to be yeah. fair, Why would you-, you could use this logic that TV has for a long time where if you don't like episode one, you watch until like episode three, four, five, and see if you like it. The problem here is that's going to vary between person to person. That's such that's a, such a different thing. Like, if
artists, writing, lettering, all that stuff. It, it, you really don't get that of like, oh, I can just do issue number two. It's like, who's showing up for issue number two if you didn't fucking like issue number one? And we know how right. the world works with comic books different from like real world shit. Totally different world we're, we're talking about here, you know? Yeah. Like you you, you have that, that first issue, especially when you're introducing a new character, you're establishing a, a, a universe. You only have, if you go into that knowing that I only have this first issue to make that impression, mm-hmm. to grab my reader, to make them fans, to make them give a shit. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. You might have all the heart and soul and passion um, and putting right. in a book, but if you don't execute it right, you're not going to get a readership. And just because a couple of guys that you bother at nauseum via Facebook Messenger, you know, sucking their ass and telling them how great you love their stuff, you know, and then, you know, they, they give you a, a softball critique. It's like, oh, yeah, that's really good, man. We really loved it. No. Like, you asked yeah, me and, for and a I, hard critique. Yeah, and that, that's the thing there, too, is that's the other thing to mention there, too, which is even though they potentially may or may not have liked it genuinely, that's not to say that you would have liked it. I don't know where that comes from, people. It's like diff, you could have – show someone your, your comic book, random people on the street, 10 people, just 10 people. There's, there might be five that really like it. There might be five that really don't like it. But, I, but it's pretty naive to expect that all of them are going to like it. That's just naive, honestly. That's just you going, oh, well, yeah. I'm doing something like this so people will just automatically like it from, from, this, from just, like, the idea. It's like, no, that's not how that works. People, please, no. <laughs> well, I, I know I'm doing something right when people will drive out of their way to catch me at a convention because they want the next mm. issue, you know, or they want a, whatever the new title is coming out of Apogee. Mm. So I know I'm doing something right. Um, that I'm, I'm creating these compelling characters. I'm, I'm producing good artwork or I'm making sure that good artwork is being made in these comic books. Um, like I had this encounter in 2019. I was flying out right. to California mm-hmm. from Texas. I had a layover in Houston. So I go and I, I'm like, man, I'm starving, man, because my flight started, my whole journey started at like 6 a.m. I was starving. So I go to this burger joint and they're like, hey, we're kind of crowded. Do you mind sitting on this like shared seating bench thing? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't care as long as there's food and I can grab a beer or something. So, and I got a tattoo of Bengali on my arm. And so I'm sitting next to this cat and he's like, he looks over and he's like, hey, man, um, is that Bengali tattooed on your arm? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, man, you must be a super fan. I just backed the Kickstarter not too long ago. You know, so you, 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 could, you must really love him. I'm like, I'm the creator. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I created that guy. Like, that's my book. He's like, no shit. You know, ended up signing some stuff for him. So I know I'm doing something bright. You know, it's making an impact. In a, it may be a small readership, but I'm making an impact to those people, you know, and I, I owe it to them to produce the best quality, either storytelling and artwork and, and put it all together for them. You know, mm-hmm. and that, and I think that's why I have such a loyal fan base because I've been able to execute that so you know very well so far. You know, I'm a small name, I'm a big fish in a little pond, but <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, the, the thing here to bring up the last thing before we head out 
is conversion rates are really hard too. Not only is it hard to being an indie and anything in general, it's also converting people to buy consistently from you too. That's really hard to do. Right. You know? So how, how oh, do you yeah, manage it's, it It's very like, difficult. When do people generally buy more? Is it like during like the springtime, fall, winter? I imagine sales are not good during, well, no sales are good during January to February because, you know, it's the first part of the year. Yeah, right Right around Christmas. Christmas time is horrible. Um, unless, you know, they're, they're returning fans or returning readers or whatever, and they want to buy it for like a family member. So like the holidays are horrible because everybody spends their money on Christmas, you know, and then we spend January through March, like recuperating our bank accounts and our credit. Um, mm. I would say springtime is probably the best. Um, if you have a comic book that's kind of like a seasonally themed, like if Bengali, I kind of, even though it's not a horror comic, I've kind of pushed it as a horror comic. There's horror mm-hmm. themes in there. and I'll, So usually right around September, if I'm going to do another issue, that's when I'm going to, I'm going to do the crowdfunding for that. It's right around September. So people get it like into the spooky season. So um, summer's usually pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I would just stay away from the crisp, you know, Thanksgiving through, so November through January. I would just stay away from that. Yeah, because when you said one of your friends that's um, just asked me. for your critique, it's just like, man, I like I, whenever people do that, I always, for, for the most part, as I got older, I like the more harsher stuff because like the harsher stuff can bring things in a perspective that you never even thought of. And that's the thing we, we when it comes oh, to critique is yeah. you got to just take the good with bad, you know? So what happened after, um, you gave his book critique. You guys still talk or, or how long ago was that actually? That was like, I want to say it was in December. Um, God. <laughs> right. When he was starting to, to do fulfillment, he sent me a digital copy and uh, he's like, Hey man, I really want your critique on this. And I'm like, are you <laughs> sure? Cause I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kiss your ass. I, I know this is your, your baby, your passion project, and I don't want to shit on it, and I don't want to ruin you know the friendship that we've developed. And he's like, no, 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 I really want your eyes on it, which I want to know what you say or what you think. And I'm like, I can tell you right now, just from the cover, I wouldn't fucking buy this book. And he's like, oh, for real, bro? Ouch! And I'm like, no, I'm serious, man. Like this, fire your fucking artist. And then, which is weird too, because like. Then his artist like added me on Facebook and started following me on Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, man, I just shit all over this dude. You know, why are you following me? You know, I can make you a better artist, you know, I I can do that. It's just so like, and then reading through it and then it's just like, okay, you stole this from Green Leonard. Like your central character is, his origin is the same as Green Lantern's, the exact fucking same. Instead of getting a ring, he's just imbued with the power, you know, and then going further on, I was like, and then this shit right over here, you ripped off Kazam, you know, he's a small child that turns into this like Adonis muscular person with these powers. It's like, come on, dude. He's like, I didn't pick that up at all. I'm like, I'm like, who wrote this shit? And he's like, I did. I'm like, well, what the fuck, man? Like as a mm-hmm. fan of comic books, you should know exactly what you ripped off. It's not even an homage. Like mm-hmm. it's like you took the origin story, that comic book, and just like changed the names. You know, it's it was horrible. 
Oh, so, God. No, so he, he what, what is he going to do anymore? So what is he, he going to do now? He's is he, is he just going to go back to the drawing board? <laughs> no, he's going to continue on with issue two with the same shit. Oh, Lord. He said that. Good he's God. Like, oh, man, issue two is going to be so much better. And I'm like, dude, issue one needed to be that. You should have put that into issue one. Because I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. Even though we're friends, I'm not mm-hmm. going to back your fucking book because we're friends. Yeah, that's you know, not how that works. Because I yeah. got bills. That's not how it works. You know, just because you bought mm-hmm. my shit doesn't mean I'm going to buy your shit. I produce product, you know, quality products. This mm-hmm. is dog water, man. This is, I would not buy this. I only bought it because I like supporting creators and I was curious to have what you were going to come up with. And now that I know, I'm not going to invest in issue two or issue three, mm-hmm. you know, just like. On a TV series, if you don't nab me in that first episode, fuck you. I ain't, I ain't spending a year watching your trash when I can do other shit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm harsh. Like no one could ever accuse me that they don't know how I feel about specific things or people. Like you always know where you stand with me. So yeah, the other thing I'll bring up to I, cap off the the night is um. You need to understand, I want to genuinely support someone because I just want to do it. You know? It, it shouldn't yeah. be like, oh, well, you're my friend, so you have to do it. It's like, what the, you communist? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And the uh, last thing I'll ask you, the uh, first thing is, you got any plans uh, for this year, actually, outside of the comic stuff? Because I, I know you're doing the work with uh, Matthew. I think Matthew also is also working on one of your projects, yeah. too. Yeah, uh, we're working on Quickwire. He's also doing the. Uh, it's not really a reboot of Phantom Hawk. I'm, I'm going to stop putting issue numbers on there because, and we're just going to just call it. I'll like do it. Do it. Call an annual. Do it like a Phantom Hawk annual that collects all the stories, and then just do it the and like the one you do before. Just I'll, I'll I would call it like man. I'll call it like maybe Arc One or some shit. You know, because you said you didn't like the version yeah. of Phantom Hawk that came out, but I would say just call it an annual that collects the other stories. Then you know. Well, what I didn't like about like when we kind of soft rebooted Phantom Hawk when we first started at Apogee is because the writer was writing a Batman story, not a Phantom Hawk story. <laughs> you know, um, so in multiple conversations that I had with Matthew, he gets the character. I explained to him, like, you're not writing a Batman story. I know he's got a cape and cowl and he has gadgets, but he's not Batman. He's not even a poor man's Batman. He's his own individual character. He he could give a shit about the city that he's operating in. It's not like, oh, I'm doing this for Gotham. No, he could give a shit about Crestview. It's just where he's at right now, trying to solve some mysteries of himself and get himself fixed up. You know, he could give a shit. That's what I love about the characters, that we could throw him anywhere in the world. You know, he doesn't he's not specific to a, a particular city. He, he can go anywhere. He can expand. He lives on a, Matthew's like, Hey man, I want to put, I want to make sure I, I want his lair to be a houseboat. I'm like, fuck yeah, mm-hmm. dude. That's awesome. That's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, cause now he can travel. So, and he's like, Oh yeah. And there's a submarine, a little, little submersible one man sub under there. I'm like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, dude, that's badass. Let's do it. So that's going to be awesome. And mm-hmm. we're going to, I think it's called, uh, it's Phantom Hawk, and I think the story arc is called uh, Restitute or something like that. Or uh, I'll have to go back and look. So that that'll be the title on the book. It, it'll be Phantom Hawk, and then 
the title of the story arc. I'm not even going to put an issue number on there. So it's, it'll be its own condensed tale. And you don't have to worry about issue numbers. Like, oh, I'm issue, issue number two. No, just go get part two of you know that Bannamock story. So I think that's what I'm going to continue doing with the rest of the books. Um, and then we also got Quickwire. We got our speedster coming out. That'll be out this year, probably, uh, I would say, late third quarter, early fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and- like like three books a year, two books a year for the most part? And we- Hell, I had that stroke at New Year's. My my end of twenty twenty. Yeah, but <laughs> now it's it's it, it's it's looking very promising. Yeah, I, I I'm super motivated. I know I, I got all this time off. I don't I don't like sitting around. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be putting my hand to task and and drawing some comic books. So. We we might put out a lot more than we usually put out. Usually we put about three to four books out a year, but I, yeah, I, I think we can push that. Especially if I'm, I got nothing but time, so I might as well draw some shit. And last thing I ask you: uh, any shout outs you want to give to anyone? Anything else you want to say before we head out? Uh, Matthew Jasso, or I think that's how you say it. I don't know. He'll correct me if he. He's Mexican. Love what you're doing with the stories, man. Uh, um, who else? Uh, my beautiful wife who supports me and has been taking care of me during my recovery, making sure I take my meds and I'm drinking enough water mm. like a dehydrated houseplant that I am. Um, mm. Occasionally also feeds me whiskey, which I love her for. Doesn't judge me. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to my kids um, who constantly support me, even though I'm kind of a dick. And uh, no, just all the, the fans of, you know, comic book fandom out there, all the, all the same ones anyway. You know, who continue to to make this a a medium worth enjoying. You know, um, uh-huh. I, as much as I don't like going on Twitter and seeing everybody argue back and forth over the most dumb, mundane shit, um, it, there's a lot of passion there. So, yeah, you you, you so can tell like shadows. underneath. Yeah, you can tell underneath all the retarded, dumb things people say that they clearly are very surface level on with their understanding of things there is passion there which is good and it i always tell people it's there's money that can be put into the scene it's just it needs to just go to the right places you know i like the idea that i could go see a random movie in a theater but then i can still like buy your book and i can get another form of entertainment there i like the ideas like that but to have those as yeah things that can happen people need to understand that you need to also support those things too but but also to make them better when you do get their books whenever you do get them you need to read them a lot of people fund yeah. the book from the from the favorite person and never read it and it's like fucking hell dude well then oh that's well, you got the money Life gets in the way. I, I, got, I got a stack of indie i got a stack of indie books that i've supported throughout the years yeah i've read probably maybe a quarter of them just because life, life. gets in the way yeah yeah true you know Mm-hmm. And I don't keep my comic collection on the toilet, which is probably the best time to like sit back and lie. read That's while you're doing your business. Probably super underrated, honestly. You know, you know, I call that my second office. So it's where my best ideas come from. Well, some of them, but. And uh, I will see you guys later. Uh, thank you guys for showing up tonight. Happy Valentine's Day for anyone who's watching this on the podcasting platforms. Make sure you support Nick at Apogee 
comics. He's going to be putting out some great stuff. I did buy a book. I did get it. It's in my stack. I will eventually get to it, as I would say. And I will give you the harshest critique ever. And I'll, I'll tell you all the disgust. And I'm going to haunt you. And I'll just make up five troll accounts oh. to troll your website. <laughs> That's fine. It's, like I had one guy critique my early stuff. And he's like, this guy should just literally go kill himself. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, draw comics and kill yourself. <laughs> Have a good night, <laughs> everybody.